Are you happy with the way that God has made you? Do you have a problem with the way God made you? He made you male or female. Do you have a problem with either way that God made you? Well, a lot of people do. They, they believe that God made them male and they should have been female. Or he made them female and they should have been male. And in so doing, they say God made a mistake and so therefore I need to correct that mistake. Well, according to Scripture, God has made us exactly the way that He wants us to be, male or female. Now, does that imply superiority? No, not at all. Male is not superior to female, and female is not inferior to male. But what about different roles? Is there a different role that a male plays than a female plays? Well, maybe so. Let's look at that. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Ammons. Welcome to Truth 101, a systematic way of looking at the Christian faith, looking biblically at what God has said about the great doctrines of the faith. And now in this part two series, uh, Humanity as Male and Female, we're, we're looking at the roles that both male and female play after God has created us. Now, the distinctions between male and female, the roles, are, are part of God's original creation. Uh, some people say, well, no, they, they were introduced as punishment after the fall, the roles were. So, whenever God told Eve, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you in Genesis 3.16, was that the time when Eve began to be subject to Adam's authority? And the idea that there are differences in authority between male and female, the Bible talks clearly about it, but many theologians say that those were introduced only after there was sin in the world. Gilbert Bezeki and Ada Spencer, two, two biblical writers that say, no, no, the authority that, that man has over woman is only a result of the fall. That was a result of, of evil coming into the world. Well, not necessarily, because I, I, I want to show you uh, several statements from Scripture and kind of talk about what, what authority means. It does not mean that man rules over woman, that man is superior to woman, that man is to be Tarzan and she is to be submissive as Jane. And that, that's, that's not the biblical concept of male and female whatsoever. In fact, there are some people that, now I wouldn't go this far, but there are some people that see the different roles in the Trinity as being mirrored in the roles of man and woman. There are some people that say God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit all are either inferior or superior to one another, and it's all because of the roles they take on, and that is mirrored in the male-female relationship on earth. I, I, I don't go that far. I don't think there's enough scriptural evidence for that. But let's talk just a little bit about 
the distinct roles before the fall of, of man and woman. Here, let me make several statements, and then we'll conclude our, our podcast. Statement number one, Adam was created first and then Eve. The fact that God created Adam first and then after a period of time created Eve suggests that God somehow saw Adam as having a leadership role in the family. No such two-stage procedure is mentioned for any of the other animals God made. But here it seems to have a special purpose with Adam and Eve. The creation of Adam first is consistent with the Old Testament pattern of primogenitor. That's the idea that the firstborn in any generation in a family has the leadership role for that family. That was the biblical model all the way through. The birthright we saw belongs to the firstborn son, and there were special privileges with that. And so we see that Adam was created first, and the purpose reflecting an abiding distinction in the roles that God has given to man and woman. And then 1 Timothy 2.13 kind of backs that up in saying, well, Adam was formed first and then Eve. Statement number two, Eve was created as a helper for Adam. So there's a different role there. Again, doesn't imply worth. Doesn't mean Adam's more important than Eve or that man's more important than a woman. It simply means there are different roles, and Eve was created to be a helper for Adam. The Bible specifies God made Eve for Adam, not Adam for Eve. Genesis 2.18, God said, It's not good that man should be alone. And this was before the fall. It's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper that is fit for him. Paul sees this as significant enough to base a requirement for differences between men and woman, a man and a woman in worship on it in Corinth. He says, neither was man created for woman, but woman was created for man. That's 1 Corinthians 11, 9. So this should not be taken to imply lesser importance, don't get me wrong, but it does indicate there was a difference in roles from the very beginning for a man and a woman. Now, recently, some writers have denied that the creation of Adam as a helper fit for Adam signals any kind of difference in roles or authority. And they say that because of the word helper that is used in the Hebrew, ezer, E-Z-E-R, is often used in the Old Testament of someone who is greater or more powerful than the one who's being helped. In fact, the word helper is used in the Old Testament of God himself, who helps his people. But the point is that whenever someone helps someone else, whether in the Hebrew Old Testament or in modern-day use of the word help, in the specific task, in view, the person who's helping is occupying a subordinate or inferior role. That, that may or may not be the case. I may help you do something or you may help me do something, that doesn't mean that inherently one of us is superior to the other. So second statement, Eve was created as a helper for man. That does not imply inferiority, just implies a different role. Third statement, Adam named Eve. 
The fact that Adam gave names to all the animals in Genesis 2, 19 and 20 indicated Adam's authority over the animal kingdom. Because in the Old Testament, the thought that the right to name someone implied authority over that person, um, that's seen also both when God gives names to the people such as Abraham and Sarah, and when parents gave names to their children, since a Hebrew name designated the character or function of someone, Adam was specifying the characteristics or functions of the animals that he named. That's not saying Eve's an animal. I'm just saying that Adam named Eve, Genesis 2.23, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. That implied a leadership role on his part. Not, not a role where he's, in, he's superior it just simply implies a leadership role that, that man is to lead his wife. In fact, Paul talked about that in, in Galatians 3.20. Statement number four. God named the human race mankind, not womankind. You say, well, that, that's not significance, but it kind of is. God named the human race man rather than woman or some gender-neutral term. In Genesis 5, 2, whenever he specifies that, quote, in the day when they were created, God named them man. That was in Genesis 5, 2. So the naming of the human race with a term that also referred to Adam in particular or man in distinction from woman, suggests a leadership role belonging to the man that he cannot just pass off. So that's similar to the custom of a woman taking the last name of the man when she marries. It subtly signifies that the headship in the family, the spiritual headship, should be the man. And so, he, as Paul said, the man should lead the home. Statement number five, the serpent came to Eve first. Now, Satan, after he had sinned, was attempting to distort and undermine everything God had planned and created as good. It's likely that Satan, in the form of a serpent, in approaching Eve first, was attempting Attempting to institute a role reversal by tempting Eve to take a leadership role in disobeying God. Possible. So this stands in contrast to the way God approached them. For when God spoke to them, He spoke to Adam first. That's Genesis 2, 15-17 and Genesis 3-9. Paul seems to have this role reversal in mind whenever in 1 Timothy 2, 4, he says, quote, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So this at least suggests that Adam was trying to undermine the pattern of male leadership that God had established in the marriage by going to the woman first. Again, doesn't mean that, that he is superior it just means that the different roles God has placed them in are, are there. Statement number six, God spoke to Adam first after the fall. Just as God spoke to Adam on his own before Eve was created, Genesis 2, 15 to 17, so after the fall, 
even though Eve had sinned first, God went to Adam. Did you notice that? He, God came first to Adam and called him to account for his actions, not Eve. Genesis 3, 9, But the Lord God called to the man, not to the woman, but to the man and said to him, Adam, where are you? God thought of Adam as the spiritual leader, the one to be called to account first for what had happened in the family. It's significant that though this is after sin has occurred, it is before the statement to Eve that he shall, quote, rule over you in Genesis 3.16. So it, it means that God approached Adam first in a spiritual sense of, of leadership. He was accountable first. God holds men accountable first in family relationships. Men, we should be the spiritual leaders. Doesn't mean we're better. Doesn't mean we're more spiritual. Doesn't mean we're more holy. It doesn't mean there's something inherent in man better than woman. There's not. God created us equal. Paul said, Galatians 3, 28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. So, so the basis of importance and equality, man and a woman are there. But as far as spiritual leadership goes, there are some statements here that are interesting concerning how God views the leadership of man and woman in a spiritual sense. Here's another statement. Adam, not Eve, represented the human race in the rest of Scripture. Even though Eve sinned first, Genesis 3, 6, we are counted sinful because we're of Adam's race, not because of Eve's sin. The New Testament tells us, 1 Corinthians 15, 22, in Adam we all die, and many died through one man's trespass. Paul did not say, in Eve we all die through one woman's trespass. So that indicates God had given Adam some type of leadership with respect to the human race, a role that was not given to Eve. Here's another statement, statement number eight. The curse brought a distortion of previous roles, not the introduction of new roles. In the punishment God gave Adam and Eve, he did not introduce new roles or functions for male and females. He simply introduced distortions of the previous roles. And so he introduced pain and into distorted, uh, distorted function that they previously had. Adam would still have primary responsibilities for tilling the ground and raising the crops, but the ground would bring forth thorns and thistles and the sweat of his face, and he would eat bread. Genesis 3, 18 and 19. Similarly, Eve would still have the responsibility of bearing children, but to do so would now become painful. In pain, you shall bring forth children, Genesis 3, 16. And then God also introduced conflict and pain into the previously harmonious relationship between Adam and Eve. God said to Eve, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you, Genesis 3, 16. So, it 
interesting that concerning Adam and Eve, God told Eve, he shall rule over you. The world's a strong term that was used in monarchical governments. That does not mean that he is to be uh, in any sense, uh, like I said, uh, abusive or in any sense uh, domineering or any sense more important. It's just different roles that God has placed us into. The final statement I'll make is this. Statement number nine, redemption in Christ reaffirms the creation order. So we would expect Christ would redeem, his redemption would encourage wives to rebel against their husband's authority and would encourage husbands not to use their authority harshly. And in fact, that is what we find. Paul in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 5 and Titus 2 and 1 Peter 3 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. The husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Love them as Christ loved the church. So if, the, was a, if, if it were a sinful pattern for wives to be subject to their husband's authority, Peter and Paul would not have commanded it to be maintained in Christian marriages. They do not say, for example, encourage thorns to grow in your garden or make childbirth as painful as possible or stay alienated from God and cut off fellowship from Him. The redemption of Christ is aimed at removing the results of sin and of the fall in every way. The reason, 1 John 3, 8 says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And the New Testament concerning marriage, the commands given there do not perpetuate any elements of the curse or sinful behavior patterns. They reaffirm the order and distinction of the roles that were there from the very beginning of God's good creation. So God has created us male and female. We have different roles to play in the created order, neither one being superior or inferior to the other. We are all one in Christ Jesus. But God has created us male and female to play the roles exactly He has designed for us. And that's got how He's going to use us and empower us and bless us in the greatest way. Well, I hope that you stay encouraged this week. God bless you. And I'll see you next week on our podcast, another episode of Truth 101.